Okay. So three, two, one. Hey, everybody. My name is John Brummer. And I'm Mallory Wilson. And we want to welcome you to episode one of the Sierra Nevada Realtors Real Estate Sponsored Podcast, what we are calling SNR Proudcast. So we're proud to be Sierra Nevada Realtors and to be casting to you. So here we are. So here we are. SNR Proudcast. So a little before, before we get into this first episode and the general scope of the podcast and what we're kind of hoping to cover, uh, let's introduce ourselves, I guess, right? Yep, let's do it. So I'm Mallory Wilson. Um, I am currently the owner and marketing specialist at the Branding Boutique. Um, so my niche is real estate. If you're looking for what kind of tools and tech are good to be using to advertise to your clients and uh, take care of those listings... I'm your girl. A um, little bit about my background. I actually am born and raised in Carson City. Um, I have my bachelor's degree from UNR in economics, so I have a little bit of the statistics side uh, going on. And I'm currently, I'm about to graduate with my master's of business administration from Pepperdine University. So uh, that's a little bit about me. And I've done a lot of stuff in uh, in real estate, um, been entitled, done real estate sales, all kinds of stuff. So that's my background. Wow. So now I've got to live up to that standard. Okay, well, I'm John Brummer. I'm a realtor at Remax Realty Affiliates. <laughs> but, uh, I, um, so I was born in uh, Southern California. I was born in Los Angeles. Uh, my family moved to Carson City when I was 10 years old. Um, actually, I went to elementary school across the street from Pepperdine. Really? In, in Malibu. In the yeah. ocean. Well, no, like the other side of the street. Oh, the other side of the street. The other okay. side of the street. It, it was called Our Lady of Malibu School. Okay. Um, Interesting. Go, yeah, go figure. I don't know. You, I mean, um, it's a great view. It's not even in Europe, though. So you kind of feel like, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we moved to Carson City. Uh, I grew up here. Um, I moved away for college and then uh, came back home uh, and moved back with my family a couple of years ago. We relocated and I started working with my mom, who's a, uh, been a realtor in the area for the last 20 uh, plus years. And uh, yeah, we're kind of hoping to bring a young and fresh perspective on living in Carson City and working in uh, uh, northern rural Nevada. Yep. Uh, so and what's happening? What's happening in the economy? What's, what's happening? happening in the real estate market? What's going on here? And how it's affecting home ownership, how it's affecting uh, how you run your business or set up your business in the area. Right. How you, how you spend your leisure time. Exactly. Yep. And uh, through our through this lens, um, we're really hoping to service the community um, or, or provide a really good resource to the, to the areas that we, we serve. Right. So that's uh, Carson County, uh, Lyon County, Douglas County, and Churchill County. Um, here in in our area. So for our first interview, we thought it would be great to bring in uh, CEO of Sierra Nevada Realtor, Cheryl Smith. And Cheryl has been a realtor and a broker in the Las Vegas area for years. She's got a ton of experience. Um, she was brought up by our board to be our CEO, uh, I think about a year ago. And since then, she's made a ton of changes that have that we believe are really beneficial. Uh, namely, one of those things is she had the idea for this podcast. Yep. So listen, if you don't like this podcast and you find Mallory and I to be just really abrasive and annoying people, <laughs> go ahead and shoot Cheryl an email. And she would really uh, love to see or that. call. Yeah, call the office directly. And, or just show up. Or just show up is even better. That's the way Complaining you... Complaining yeah, loudly. That's the way you want to do it. <laughs> uh, but seriously, we welcome all feedback. Uh, we're, you know, really, like we said, trying to 
service the community and and do a great thing. So without right. further ado, here's Let's our interview with Cheryl. And uh, stay tuned throughout the podcast. We're looking to do updates on the legislature. We're looking to do updates on just about everything going on with real estate. So we hope you enjoy. Enjoy, everybody. Welcome back, everybody at home. And uh, welcome Cheryl Smith, the CEO of the Sierra Nevada Realtors Board of Realtors. Um, so I guess the first question to start things off for anybody who's not familiar, obviously I know what a realtor does. I should know what a realtor does. But what, for those of us who don't know, what is a realtor? A realtor is someone that belongs to the uh, Association of Realtors, state and national, and usually the local level. And they ascribe to the code of ethics is the main difference between just a licensee versus a realtor. A realtor has a whole set of codes that we abide by. And actually, the court of laws usually have used those in court cases uh, to decide whatever they're going to do about the outcome of any given situation. But that's the distinctive difference about the realtors. We do an abundance of things, but that's the primary difference. So what then, uh, I'm assuming a board of realtors, but actually when I first started as a realtor, I was confused about the difference because I was you're paying out a lot of money in the beginning. You're paying out money to the MLS and you're paying out money to the board of realtors and they, they, MLS being the multiple listing service. And it's kind of difficult to know when you're first starting off as a realtor what the board of realtors actually is and what it does. So what is, what is the board of realtors? Well, I think the board of realtors, especially in the case of where we are at Sierra Nevada Realtors, we represent the members and try to give them essential benefits that can utilize. We provide services, whether it's lock boxes so you can get into those listings you want to show. We also provide education classes. Uh, some of it will be continuing ed. Some of it will just become uh, things that you need to know. We do provide professional standards, which are you can decide arbitration and ethics issues. You also can dispute mediation items between clients. There's a lot of things we do within that. We also bring you membership meetings and we try to bring you relevant speakers to bring you the information you need to know. Real estate is all about a person's property rights and maintaining that and as a realtor association, we try to stay abreast of everything that goes on a block away at our state house, whatever legislative, whether it's locally, it's within the state, or it's national. So the association, if you tell us that you would like to see some specialized program, we're going to try to get that information for you. We take care of all member services. We try to have products here that you can utilize in your business. And we just do a multitude of things. So Cheryl, how, does, how do those services reflect back on a buyer or seller of real estate, the consumer? So how, how are those services making that transaction easier for those people? Well, obviously a lockbox makes life a lot easier because uh, a person, a listing agent, can put a lockbox on and you can determine the times, 
homes are showed. If you've got a client that works all night and they don't want anybody looking at their house until after 2 in the afternoon, you can put that information in MLS, but you can also program the lockbox so that they're not allowed into that listing until that time. And there's many sleepers out there that are like, they, they appreciate that. Also, signage. You want to showcase a listing that's for sale. It might have a pool. It might be having an open house coming up or whatever. We sell those signs here. And so there's a lot of things we can do to help facilitate that uh, transaction within the buyers and sellers. Another thing, I will tell you, we do get a lot of questions from the public uh, on rentals. We get people stopping in and Fortunately, we do have a property management committee now, so we're able to parlay a list to that person, the member of the public that walks in, and say, here's a list of property managers. They might have something or know of something and call them, because obviously we don't list, sell, or do anything within the transaction. Our clients are the members, the realtor members. Yeah, and I think a couple of the, the things that I think are that I'm really excited about that as a realtor is the, the advocacy. Um, but then also that actually that property management thing is huge because we get calls at our office all the time, especially when you're dealing with a rental market, like we have in Northern Nevada, where a property gets listed for rent and within half an hour, 14 people show up and they all have, you know, their, their cash in hand for their first and last month's deposit. And they're, you know, there's such a housing shortage right now. So it's nice to have, that consolidated source because otherwise it's kind of tough to tell them where to go. And usually I tell them, you know, call each of the brokerages and talk to the property managers. That's, that's right. Because it's very frustrating trying to find a rental. I can attest to that because I moved into the area (laughs) just (laughs) the last several months. I've been here almost a year, but it's, it was hard to find something to rent. And so uh, I know there's some new things coming on the market. Obviously, you want somebody to buy. It's always nice to have your own home, but sometimes that's not the reality of it. you got to live in a place before you know. Right, right. So you need rentals. Well, and, and especially, too, if, you're, if you don't know about your work situation, if you may be in a place for six months or a year or, you know, we, we get a calls a lot from people who um, – don't know they're ready to leave places like California is obviously is the most popular place to be leaving right now. Um, but they don't really know for sure if they want to make their home in Carson city. They don't know if they want to be further South I mean, in Gardnerville area or, or really where they want to be, or where they want to go. And so they want to rent first. And, um, you know, the, the websites that are out there, you know, that are open to the public are really, you know, they're nice, but I'm one of those people. I always like to go someplace and find an expert. Like I like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing anything, right, if I'm buying a car, every car salesman is, is, is not the same. So you got to find, you know, the right person for you. And so I, I like going to the source. That's true. The source is where you'll find, and if you're brand new to the area, you don't know where things are. Right. You don't know right. what you don't know. Right. And the, right. frankly, I have uh, been in real estate most of my career, whether as an agent and broker, and now as an uh, executive within the association. Uh, as a realtor, a home transaction, for say, is a very emotional. 
Hugely. Uh, it's Hugely. because it, that would be like having a fool for a client when you almost try to represent your own sale. Right. Because right. sometimes you can't distance yourself if somebody gives you uh, what you consider an insulting offer. You just want to say. Forget them. Right. It becomes personal. It becomes very personal. So if you can have someone you know, even as a realtor, handle some of those negotiations because we are negotiators. That's what our job essentially is. But you do take it personal when it's your own property. (laughs) Well, you know, you watched your kids grow up in a place and like, you know, learn to walk somewhere and you've done a remodel project. I'm in the middle of replacing all of the handles in my house right now. And um, it started off with one handle uh, <laughs> that was broken, and then it ended with my wife preferring to finish on something different. So I subbed out all of the handles in my house, and now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, now I have to do all of the hardware and the door plates and everything. So See what happens when you do yeah. one little thing? Yes. We, we, were, we did a lot of things within the association yeah. office. I've still got my list, right. but you have to catch up your... Other things with your list. But, I I mean, obviously, we live in an area where there's probably uh, more of the older homes, so you're usually having projects. I've walked around in Carson City, and I've seen some of the shops that have relocated inside of older homes. And they've they've designed them well. They've done such pretty things, but you always have to keep – maintaining it doesn't matter if it's a brand new home right if you don't maintain the value then in five ten years you're never going to get that return on your investment if you don't maintain your property right and a lot of people don't realize that they don't they don't and and i think as do-it-yourself projects become more and more popular i don't think a lot of homeowners really know about putting the actual investment into those different projects. Because what we tell our clients all the time is it's not a, a one-to-one monetary gain. If I put in a $10,000 kitchen, I'm not getting now my an asking price that's higher, you know, $10,000 higher just because of that kitchen. But what I am doing is drawing more eyes to that property. And um, to go off of the, the older homes here, I think what you get out of an older home is an established neighborhood. And I think that established neighborhood has so much... Uh, so much equity in and of itself within the buyer population. Well, location is everything in real estate. That's the main yeah. thing. You can't you can't discount that ever. Right. I mean, uh, right. to being adjacent to downtown and things, just like here at this board office, which I'm sitting in right now, one of the first things we did was try to take the outside of the building, and whether it's a commercial building or a, a residential property, you want to make it have great curb appeal. Right. And so you want to make sure you paint, clean your windows, do the hardware on the front door. All those things are immediate eye catchers. And now that hopefully, and I, I'm hedging my bets here, that spring is right around the corner. Don't say it. Don't say it. Because the next thing you know, we'll have two feet of snow. And that's how Nevada, that's how northern Nevada works. Well, I'm finding that out. I was budgeting the budget for uh, landscaping snow removal. I've already blown that yeah, budget e- for the yeah, first couple of easily. months with the snow. Easily. But I'm trying to figure out I the landscaping gentleman I said well I want to do this and I really want flowers and I want to make it look good it may be an office complex but we're in a great location right in the heart of Carson City right across from McFadden Square so I want it to look good and we actually do 
fundraising events right in front of our building right. when we close the street down. So why not have it look pretty? And that's what you should do because if you have a for sale sign in front yard, you will get more uh, inquiries on that particular listing if the seller has taken the time to just freshen up their yard, put all the things, make it look nice. People have, they can't tell you enough what window cleaning can do for a yeah. house. Yeah. And just things like that, and you should, it doesn't matter, commercial, residential, you still want the property to look good and draw your eye to it. Now, you can get into a lot of feng shui, and you put rabbits, you do this. Sure, I sure, think, sure. You know, I'm not the expert <laughs> right, here. Right, right, me either. <laughs> me either. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that some agents will do to, yeah. to do it, but... Uh, a curb appeal is always the first thing to look at. So if you're thinking of selling their houses, they should absolutely walk across the street from it and take a critical eye to how their house looks, then walk through their house. Because if it doesn't look good to them, then it's probably not going to look good to a buyer. Well, and, and I think so many times people don't do that, and especially in the market that we've been in for the last couple of years, where houses are, are selling, I mean, like you're getting multiple offers after a week. It's almost like, why bother doing anything? Why not just throw the sign in the ground? I don't need to, I don't need to worry about cleaning my windows. But I think, I think that it's a difference between what type of offers are you getting? That's true. And, and I mean, I, I think every time I'm out with people looking at property, nine times out of 10, buyers are always looking critically at a property for what they have to do as soon as they move in. And we all do the same thing, right? Like I go, I'm going to go buy a car and I'm like, but I don't like these rims or I don't like, you know, I don't know, whatever. I don't want the leather seats. So I'm going to change out the leather seats. And there's a lot of changing that happens. And I think sellers are quick to jump to new flooring, new carpeting without even considering what does my landscaping look like? Is in that, the front? So what are those things that you, what, what are the first things that new buyers see and they think, oh man, I'm going to have to change that right away. Is there a certain list of things that it's a Yeah, it's kitchens. Theme? It's always kitchens. Okay. I mean, very rarely, very rarely, I think maybe in the last like years or two, I think we've maybe had one or two listings where like you didn't have to change the kitchen. Sometimes, sometimes you don't, but I mean, that's, it's usually first on everybody's list. Kitchens and bathrooms yeah. are the biggies. And those yeah. are usually where you get the biggest return. People can, uh, let's put it this way, most buyers can overlook if you've got a purple striped bedroom or something because they know that paint can correct that. Right. But where the expenses come in is if there has to be major flooring, whether it's whatever right. it is. and uh, But the kitchens and bathrooms, and that's usually where you... You want to get the work done, especially if the house is older and they call it dated. And you just yeah. walk in the door yeah. and you can say, oh, it's dated and you can't get past the first room. Yeah. So what what if I'm a seller and my home is dated? I know this, but I'm not really in the market to be doing a full kitchen remodel or a full bathroom remodel. Is there anything that I can do to make my home seem more modern, even when it's not? Clean it. <laughs> yeah no that, for, but for real though I, it's I, true like hire a professional cleaner for a couple hundred dollars to come into the house and and give it a, like a good scrub down because otherwise i mean date the, here's the problem dated looks like work so i walk into the house and the first thing that i see like i see the i see it from the curb and that goes to to what you were talking about cheryl with the curb appeal and then the next thing i see is i walk through the front door and it's dated and then it's dirty and it's just like work it's like 
home buying in our area, I think in the last two years, I'm not hearing that buyers are really stoked about buying a house. Nobody's really excited about it. They're like, oh, here we go. It's like going to the DMV. They're like, I have to do it because, I, I mean, like, I have to drive. Right. And I got to live someplace. I can't afford the rents because the rents are going up crazy. So I might as well buy. And I guess we're pre-approved. So, I mean, we might as well take advantage of that while it happens. If I have to. Right. Yeah. But but I like the difference between, like, walking into a house and, like, people being excited. Even And it doesn't matter what price point it's at because, like, every jar has a lid. Right? Like everybody is looking for their particular home. And there's just certain stuff that you can do to make the house more appealing, even if you're not, you're not looking to put in a new kitchen. You don't need to put it. Look, right now, putting in a new kitchen may not bring you more buyers. But cleaning the kitchen that you have will like, make people more excited about it, even if it's a project. Right. And that's true. Yeah. You could, the cleanliness of it, but also get rid of your stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, you can't be a hoarder and trying to sell your house because people can't see the house for all your stuff. So if you need to get a storage unit or whatever, put stuff in and eliminate so much of of your personal items where they can see the home. I think that, and you could that could be really inexpensive do-it-yourself project. Go to garage sales and stuff and find things. Well, that'll look cute. Just even if you get somebody to help you, I don't claim to be the world's best decorator, but you can make anything look better by cleaning it and maybe a little paint and a little bit of puffery along the way. A little picture puffery. here. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care what you call it's it. A technical what term. section of Bed Bath <laughs> and Beyond is the puffery section? I like, I, sh- I like to go to the cheap stores. I, I'm a good target shopper. You have, you have to be because you're you're ultimately if you're looking to sell, people want stuff that's going to match that house and like so you know the stuff that maybe I put in my house like maybe matches that particular location, but it doesn't match you know, the new house that I'm looking to buy. And maybe even just painting your cabinets. Yeah. You don't have to have all new cabinets, but if you paint them, and and there's a lot of things you can do with the kitchen without gutting the thing and putting a whole new kitchen in. Yeah. Uh, even I noticed at nowadays with backsplashes, you've got a lot of do-it-yourself Put it on there, and that brightens up underneath that cabinet. Yeah. You can stick up lights that don't even have to have wiring. You can just stick them up there, and they're on batteries right. or whatever, and it gives you some lighting because some of this stuff is just darkness, and you want a house to be bright and light, too. Well, and, and so this is, this is really cool, right? So all of the things that you're kind of talking about for what is going to make a house better and more appealing are the things that you've been working at here physically for the board offices, right? So we've got new paint on the walls. We got rid of all of the 1970s furniture, like 1970s dark, heavy classroom furniture. Oh, it was heavy. Yeah. It was so heavy that we couldn't <laughs> give it away. Right. We- <laughs> right. So, so there's something, right? If people off right. the street don't want to keep it for free. Then well, and the new signage too. The new signage. Yep. So there's the, the, the improving your curb appeal. There's mm-hmm. the, the, you know, relatively... Uh, easy and inexpensive, like get rid of the furniture that's not that's that's heavy and weighing down rooms, and maybe bring in stuff that's a little bit lighter. And that's true because furniture, especially nowadays, some of the houses have the rooms that are small, the older homes. Yeah. So you don't. We have a tendency, and I've been that personally in my own, where you use that big old sofa 
that just doesn't look good. Maybe right. you should just use a love seat or whatever. And in this building particularly, we had a lot of big, big, heavy furniture. We couldn't afford to paint the whole building on the exterior, but we could take it, do the uh, uh, fascia on it yeah. before we put the signage up, and that brightened it up. So if you can put in just the little bit of things that you can do to help right. with the decoration of it and do what you need to do. Right. So well, and and two, I remember Taryn's desk out front was that like big Goliath piece that you walk in. You walk in through the front door, and the first thing that you're greeted with is are Taryn's eyes because she can't see over. <laughs> you know, nobody could. Well, no, and the problem with that is it also put her in a position that she was. Uh, at the end of the day, she had her neck was all out of whack sure. because she's got to. That was not created for our modern age technology of right. computers and screens. Right, right. I think it was built when they didn't have computers. I'm not sure. Probably. But I don't know the history. Probably. I'm just saying that. 1876. And even when I first came in, the girls each had screens that were small, and their eye strain was incredible. So yeah. I was trying to make sure that I got them dual screens. You cannot deal with today's world with old tools because... Uh, that's one of the things that is a problem for people at work in offices, your eye strain, sitting next. Well, there's always the right tool for the job. That's you have to have correct. the right, you have to have the right tool for the job. That's correct. And of course we are a realtor association. We're one block away from the state capitol. So, uh, the realtors are the biggest advocacy group nationwide. Uh, we're all about protecting homeowners, property rights, and, why wouldn't we advertise that? Right. And so we were able to get the lighted sign out in front of our building that said realtors. We have the realtor flag flying, and that's important because, in fact, legislative session's in. Here we are. And yeah. we want them to realize realtors are in the house, too. We do have that contingency, and there's probably every property owner in any city anywhere in the right. United States of America has to know the realtors are the one organization that we fight on their behalf to protect their property rights. If you single out everything else, property rights are what we protect because it's important that we can maintain that. Right, right. So it's, that's, it, it's interesting because it's one of the few things that makes our country different from everywhere else in the world is the fact that you have an ordinary person who can, who can purchase and own real estate. Um, and I, I think it's interesting, if you go back, you know, during the Civil War, what was given to African-American soldiers who fought for the Union was an acre of land and a mule. And there's, there's so much self-reliance that you can have as an individual owning your own property. Um, that's, I, I think that's really, and I think it's important you know, that it gets said, especially with our, with our current legislative session, because there's already, um, as we talked about before, there's already uh, multiple bills. I mean, this is, a big, this is a big legislative docket this year. It is, and one. I think there's going to be probably 60 or 70 bills coming up that are going to impact our realtor community. <sighs> so it's many, important yeah. uh, for them to be aware that we do, we look out for those bills. We try to see some you can... Uh, 
come to some agreement and try to meet in the middle because life is a compromise. It is. If you yeah. buy a house, you're compromising with somebody as you negotiate because right. it becomes a win-win. Right. But there are some that are so egregious you just have to fight, but that's right. what we try to do so that if you own that house and you've gone to the trouble to buy the house, you can utilize the house, whether you want to turn that house into a rental uh, maybe you want to to use it as a short term, long term. You should have certain rights, right? And the privacy, property rights, I think, are a big, big part of what America is all about. Well, and and I think what a contract. It's, it's not a coincidence that so many people are leaving California to move to Nevada. It's all tied up in in property. It's tied up in how much your property taxes are. It's it's tied up in um, what you're able to do with that property and dispose of that property. People coming from California are not asking for HOAs. They don't. They have such a, they have such a sour taste in their mouths about HOAs in California that we actually have to tell them like you know like the HOAs here are different. Um, even if you're still paying an HOA fee, a lot of times those those CCNRs, uh, the conditions, covenants, and restrictions on a property are designed to improve your property value, not limit your, your personal rights. That's correct. So You have to, but as a buyer of property, if there's anything like that entailed or there's any kind of restrictions, you always want to make sure you read it carefully. You don't want to... Right. You don't want to close on a property and then all of a sudden find out you couldn't do with that property what you thought you could. I I have a mixed opinion on some of the HOAs because uh, you might want a community where they restrict whatever. You can't have chickens in your backyard because that usually is not real desirable for a lot of small lotted communities. For sure. But if you have acreage or something then that's a different story it's what everybody wants what the buyers want but i not always against hoa restrictions or things like that but i think you can over restrict and over regulate right we want to be able to have the freedom of use but obviously if you want to park your motor home that out by the side of your house not all communities are going to, one right. may not have right. the size lot, nor will they allow you to do it. Right, so. for sure. Now, mm-hmm. as far as keeping up with what legislation is coming up and what's going on as far as what could possibly be coming up to affect a homeowner or to affect real estate agents, where would you recommend going? Where's the resource to find out what's coming up? What can you do about it? Well, you actually can log in, and I'm sorry, I can't remember. There is a website for the state legislature where you actually can log in. You can comment on bills. You can read about the bills. Um, here at the, the association, we send out a newsletter once a week, and if there's some pending piece of legislation that we're concerned about, we're going to put you on notice. If there's something really that we're concerned about, we may do what we call a call for action, and we want you to either attend or comment or do whatever it is or send a letter. They do that even at the state and federal level if there's something, just like with flood insurance. Right, right. When the federal level, they were trying to what they were doing, but we put out a call for action because flood insurance impacts all of us. It impacts Sheeran, Nevada, it, and right. obviously you see what's happening in the Midwest part of the country. So right. flood insurance is very important. It's not just for the beaches that most people think, oh, well, they, 
you know, whatever the case might be. So we do the calls for action, but I will tell you that there is a website. And like I said, I don't recall the, <laughs> I would just put Nevada legislature and you're probably yeah, going to if, if you go to the legislative session for, for the state of Nevada, but you can also too, I think that's why I encourage my clients don't just think of me as somebody that's going to facilitate this one transaction for you. My job is to watch out for your property rights for the entire time that you own real property in an area that I'm an expert in, or at least supposed to be an expert in. Right. And so if I don't know what's going on in the legislative session, and I don't know how that impacts my client's property rights, then I'm not really doing my job. So contact, I mean, if you have questions, contact your realtor, like contact the realtor who sold you your house. Well, and of course that's part of the benefit of working with a realtor is that then they're being updated with, you know, the, the board of realtors weekly updates right, and right. that kind of thing. And they're in touch with these kinds of things without having to do that research because the board of realtors does a lot of it for them, yeah. for you. Well, it's, I mean, if you're working a, I mean, it's impossible. Like you forget these people, the, these, the legislators and the lobbyists are literally in these meetings all day. I don't have time for that. Right. I don't know. I mean, I would be doing a disservice to my clients if all I was doing was hanging out at the state capitol. <laughs> um, they don't even have free coffee, so there's no point. Um, but <laughs> they got a pretty nice but, coffee shop that's inexpensive. I was there for the first time Friday because in the legislature. Uh, yeah, we Did went really? to. Uh, there was uh, a Senate bill. And we we asked our uh, members to show up. And SB two fifty six, right? Yes, and. Uh, I will just say that we had a good attendance by the realtor community because, again, it's about renting your properties, property rights, et cetera. But they had a little coffee shop over there, and you can get a salad, you can get a sandwich, you can get whatever. I had no idea. And you could sit there. Now, you, you obviously, the realtors have people that speak on issues when there is an issue. Correct. You, we just don't walk in there and start talking to, to the, the committees. But you can sit there and listen to the uh, questions, or you can listen to the statements. And uh, they usually have it when they're having something like that. They have it set up and tied in video conferencing right. with yeah, Southern from, Nevada. You can, yeah, you can do yeah. online, too, which is pretty cool. So you can see what is going on and, and hear more about it. Now, when that happens, they don't decide it then. Right. We still don't know what they're doing with right. that. They just right. heard the... The, the arguments back and forth of why some people are for, some people are against, they will then come up with whatever their decision is. In the meantime, uh, you can always go to the website and you can post your comments of whatever opinion you have on that website. Right. But rest assured, if you're a member of the Realtor Association, we're well represented and we make sure that we have somebody following because we understand a realtor is not paid to go to the legislative building and listen to all that. And they got to make a living and they're out there trying to list homes, sell homes and do their job. Well, and in part, the, the dues, the, the, a realtor's dues go to the state association having those lobbyists and having, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. The state does all of our... Uh, information on the, the the funds that go in and help with any issues that we have. It is a, I have been, a, let's say an investor in the realtor's pack 
etc. I don't want to get off into a lot of this because I'm not the expert on this. I'll just say that we do have ways that we help which will protect the property owners. And there's always somebody trying to come out somewhere, some way to get something from property owners. And that's not usually a good way to do it. Well, but especially in a state, and, and I think what a lot of people have to remember is, is that we don't have a state income tax. So the way that the state of Nevada, part of the way that the state of Nevada gets revenue to support government programs, government projects, etc., is through your property taxes. Well, as the government kind of you know grows and needs more, they have a tendency to want to come after property owners and, and their property taxes. Right. The reason why we in in what we call the realtor party, right? So neither Republican or Democrat, but the realtor party um, are so focused on that is because all of that sounds great until you go to qualify for a home loan and your lender sits down with you and figures in your property taxes into the purchase. And now when you thought you were going to be able to qualify for a property, let's say at $350,000, um, and now all of a sudden you can't qualify for that property. It may mean that you don't get to buy a new house, which I know is coming from a real, from a realtor that sounds kind of like now I don't get business, but it's, it's more than that. It means like your landlords get, and this has been actually the scenario that we've been seeing a lot in the past two years is landlords who purchased properties in the last downturn that we had now have pretty much doubled their property value from that initial purchase and now are able to sell that property and evict their tenants, um, and now you don't have a place to live. And so tenants who maybe a year ago or two years ago weren't qualified for a home loan are now able to qualify for a home loan, but something like um, your property taxes increasing like you totally know, yeah an extra thousand i mean i'm not I, I can't do the math in my head but like an extra thousand yeah. dollars you know a year for a your year. property taxes well, comes down to what i don't know another was, couple hundred dollars in your mortgage payment like right well and i will say that we're lucky because um property taxes are actually capped so that they can increase more than three percent per year for residential property and more than five percent per year for commercial property for now so the lucky thing right so for now for at now. least which is a really important thing to have happened because you know otherwise i mean people's um home values have increased by more than three percent so if right. not for that tax cap there'd be a serious issue happening where, you know, your taxes are increasing so significantly. And then you have situations where, you know, a property owner is increasing rent and, you know, adding to the issue that we're having with our um, housing shortage. So, um, you know, it's, it's good that we at least have that tax cap and it's something to protect. Well, also, but you have to look, the legislative will come out, they're going to get it one way or the other. They look at transfer tax because when you buy a home, you pay so much per thousand. And again, don't hold me to what the numbers are because I, I am three dollars and ninety cents per one thousand <laughs> in Carson, Is it? Douglas, and Lyon counties. <laughs> well, see, you and four dollars and ten cents, I think, in Washoe County. I thought it was five dollars and something in Las Vegas. So it could be. Uh, and I it's just, Vegas. I'm not hold, Don't hold me to the numbers <laughs> and quoting, but that is a cost that the buyer. They talk about closing costs. Well, that is a closing cost. So if they say, well, we can raise this by fifty cents, you know, every little bit adds up in those closing costs and that's money that a buyer has to come up with somehow so you have to figure out how it all happens but you know anytime the government grows so much that it starts 
taking in. You want to help your community. Probably our association is one of the biggest hearted associations in trying to help people, help the community. We are constantly fundraising and doing things to help. But the thing of it is, is that you have to realize that some of these uh, cost the government is always going to try to come in and get it somewhere. Right. Um, and and that's just the way, the nature of our, our business right, uh, yeah. communities are. Well, it's compromise, right? It's like like you were saying, like with any negotiation, in order to have a successful negotiation, you have to have two parties who are willing to come. And actually, we call it a meeting of the minds. Mm -hmm. And so I think the same thing happens too between the government and the American people. Hopefully, <laughs> ideally. You have, yeah, ideally, right? Yeah. Ideally, In a perfect you have a meeting world, of the minds, right? Everybody would get along and sing kumbaya, but right, I don't think right. we've reached that point yet. We're so close, though. We're so, we're so close. Any day now. Any, Any day now. It's gonna, gonna happen. Yeah, it'll be well, it'll be on the news. It'll it'll be the day that CNN and Fox report the exact same, same thing. thing. Yeah, same then story. We've had a meeting of the minds. Yeah, there you go. We're good. We're, we're all good. We don't want to go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> Those right. are far bigger problems. Than we just know, right? stayed our little our area. It's nice living in a small community. It is. It's, I it's love it here. Reasons, Having yeah. um, lived in Las Vegas and lived here, I can tell you, it's much much nicer. And the snow is a little bit, you know. And speaking nicer. of that, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, what the board does for the community. Can you elaborate a little bit on what what happens with the interaction between the board of realtors and the community? Well. Um, I know during the holiday time, we had a amazing fundraiser that was started by one of our board members, where they call it Student in Transition. We were able to get gift cards, um, and we give those to the counselor in all the area high schools. And that high schools then are able to use the counselor, has their discretion to give those cards to a student that needs it. Maybe they need it for shoes or Whatever the case might be, because every individual school is different, the board participated in that, and we gave like over $5,500, and we had every school in high schools in our area, from Fallon to the Lake area up where we are, uh, up all over on the four counties. We also are right now are planning a scholarship uh, funding for scholarships for all the high school students that submit their uh, request for a mm -hmm. scholarship. I just had one brought into the office today. We do that through a golf tournament that's going to be May 10th, and all the money goes to the scholarship foundation. That is a big deal, but we only have one one <laughs> fundraiser a and year. Who, who can be involved in that golf tournament? Anybody. Anybody that yeah. plays golf or even thinks they can play golf because we're doing something a little different. We're going to have the graduate level and we're going to have the freshman class. So if you've never played golf before, you can go in the freshman. If you're a serious golfer, you can go to the graduate level <laughs> because you don't want to, you want to get out there and play. Uh, we are going to provide breakfast. We're going to provide a lunch afterwards and we have prizes we have whole sponsors, so we need we need everything. We need whole sponsors, we need prizes, we need players. It's $95 a player and $350 mm -hmm. for a foursome. And you and said it's on May 10th. It's May 10th on Friday, May 10th, and it's at the Tuabi 
golf course. Please forgive me if I butcher Toyabi. 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 Yes. Toyabi. Uh, I don't know the name so well, and but it's a beautiful course. I, we were over there the other day looking at everything, and it should be a great event to get outside and play. Yeah. Awesome. And then is this information available on the, on the website? Oh, the website. Go to Sierra Nevada Realtors with an S dot org. And you can get all the information there. You can sign up for it, or you can always call us at the board office, which is 775-885-7200. Awesome. That's a great event. And we have one other, well, a couple others. May 4th, I think we're planning what they call the Shred and Recycle event here at our board office. Uh, That goes to help, I think... um, Boys and Girls Club are uh, one of the events that is very close. We have a polar plunge coming up just at the end of the week where you can go jump in the lake, literally. It's for a good cause, too. And one of the others that I'm remembering off the top of my head is I know we have what they call the cornhole event, and that's where we take the street out in front of our board office, close it off, and they do the the cornhole, and that money goes toward funding. They're going to do it again this year for Carson Valley Health. Between two different events, the cornhole and Hope Fest, we raised last year over ninety ninety seven hundred and some dollars that we were able to give to them. And uh, so when I talk about any association I've ever been involved in, either as a realtor member or as an executive within the office, this is probably the most generous. The the people step to the plate, they volunteer, they care, and um, so we get that people have needs, and we are always trying to help them, but we also cover four county area, so it's kind of like having four kids. You want (laughs) to make sure you're equal to everybody, and Mm -hmm. we're doing things that they need. And uh, so those are all just some of the things, and that's only taken us till June, and we still got the rest of the year that we'll be doing some other things. So the realtors are part of the community. The realtors are constantly giving back to the community. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. The community has to stay attuned for the realtors and the property owners. It's 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 a circle, and we're all trying to do the same thing we hope in giving back to those that need and those that get it then someday in the future we'll give back to others so right that's awesome yeah Yeah. perfect cool i think well thank you cheryl for coming in and and uh, well for letting us come into your office really is what (laughs) happened (laughs) for for commandeering your space well you're welcome um, and i'm so glad to be part of the first initial podcast yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's exciting, exciting. And thank you for being so open letting us interrogate you a little yeah. bit well that's yeah, okay right? i have opinions and unfortunately i can't share them all but i will say <laughs> this that's for the other podcast <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, group because we do have committees and while we have the outreach committee we have the young professionals network which is i call it your professional network because not all of us are at a certain age I figure we're young at heart, but thank you all for giving of your time because this is completely donated time, 
uh, to your association, and that is an important thing. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it was a great interview with Cheryl. It was a great interview. I'm so glad that we had her on as our, as our first guest. It's a good way to kick things off and get yeah. us kind of into the flow of the podcast. And, yeah. and she was very patient with us as we tried to figure out microphones and, and everything like that. Yep. The listeners didn't see it, but the struggle happened. The struggle was real. <laughs> the struggle was real. Um, so thank you to everybody who tuned in. Um, we appreciate all of uh, your comments. Please tune in for our next episode, which is going to be with none other than... Brad Bonkowski. We're going to have Supervisor Brad on. And um, not to not, not to spoil anything, but we will be asking him about the Ormsby House. So if you want to hear us ask, tune in. No tune guarantees in. about what his answer will be. And but. for those of you who normally would attend coffee with Brad, except that you're not morning people, this is kind of the perfect right. way to get the answers to those questions Why, right. without having to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. We'll record him in the morning, so we'll get his morning answers. Morning vibes. Yeah, exactly. Except you can listen to it at 1 a.m. if you want, whatever time. It'll be great. So it'll be, (laughs) moral of the story is that it'll be a great interview, and uh, we hope that you'll tune in and listen to it. Thanks, everybody. I'm John Brummer. And I'm Mallory Wilson. See ya. See ya.